the very first thing that we start out with when they have just come out of this relationship that was long-term are values. How do they live? Because opposites do attract chemistry-wise, but value-wise, they do not. If you have somebody with a completely different set of rules that they live their life by, it's going to be a disaster. This is a joyful rebellion podcast that explores that moment you realize the life and success you worked so hard to create didn't come with all the fulfillment you thought it would. I'm your host, James Walters, and I want you to be the author of your own story. Each week, I connect with people who inspire bold answers to the question, what do I do now to create a life I love? If you are ready to start answering that question for yourself, you're in the right place. So let's start a joyful rebellion. The people we surround ourselves with have a major impact on the quality of our life, and I know I'm preaching to the choir when I tell you that choosing a romantic partner can be one of the most crucial decisions we make. My guest today is Addie Sellers of Circle of Love Coaching. She's a matchmaker and relationship coach who has helped hundreds of couples find love over the past decade. We talk the good, the bad, and the ugly of post-COVID dating, why most dating apps suck, and she explains why you should never go on a coffee date. Addie, tell me, because obviously you graduated high school, you went straight into matchmaking school, got your relationship coach. It's been eight years. Yeah. Eight years of schooling. Whoa. A lot of time and money. It's insane. But <laughs> And you came out with a master's degree right. in matchmaking. No, so it's probably not a straight line. No, not to at all. Do what you do. And you've been doing it for over ten years now. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Love it. I mean, I live and breathe it. But I was nineteen when I went to a place called Premier Education Schools. Mm-hmm. It's for families of troubled teens. And they basically train you in communication. And I did take some psychology in college, and it's a lot of that. They're very congruent. But all of these families that were split apart for different reasons, some of them violent, some of them drug and alcohol abuse, some of them marriages breaking apart, it all boiled down to communication. And I loved it so much, it transformed my family. And I thought, I want to do this. So I went to the school and became certified to be a facilitator for that school and ended up having a baby very young. Okay. (laughs) So I could not travel all the time with a newborn. Their schools were in Jamaica and California, everywhere. So I just went into what I knew. I knew the restaurant business. I'd grown up in it. I started managing restaurants. But in my free time, I had friends or family members that would complain about dating and how tough it was out there. So I'd be like, I, I know a really great guy. And I'd set them up and they would stay together or oh. get married. And I was hooked at that point. And then I realized, oh, this is not, there's no good guys out there. There's no good girls. It's, they're not thinking about their values. They're not thinking about their communication. They're just going out there willy-nilly and they were having success. So I was really addicted to that aspect of it. So I just started. I called 50 matchmakers around the country, asked them how they ran their businesses. They were all vastly different. No two were alike. The prices were all over the place, the interview process and how they set people up. Some I agreed with, some I didn't. So I really kind of had to make it my own. And my first year was really rough. (laughs) My contract went from being like a paragraph long 
to three pages because of... Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, because if not given proper guidance. I learned this whenever I was very young. Not everyone thinks like me. So what I think (laughs) is abundantly obvious not to say or do on a date, someone else thinks this is a great idea. Let's just put myself out there. What would be a good example of hard lesson learned with the contract? Something that you get the phone call or the email and you say, yeah, that's going in the contract next week. The first thing was drinking because even though someone has a high tolerance, let's say they can have three drinks and a couple hours, four drinks, it still looks bad to their date. Yeah. So that was the immediate thing that I added. No more than two drinks on the first date. It alters you no matter what. It creates all these assumptions in the other person. Even if it's just a one-time thing, maybe you're just really nervous and just want to get loose on the date so that you can feel more like yourself. It still leaves a really bad taste when they're meeting you for the first time. So that was the first thing. Yeah. I think if you've got the nervous jitters, having, I don't know, a compromised level of control over yourself is probably not the way to go. Maybe meditate for the date, something, anything. Phone a friend, do something. You want to be your best self. So your typical profile of one of your clients Are they looking for some of their first relationships? Are they getting out of a relationship and looking for a better relationship and getting your guidance? What do you find? I would say the thing that everyone has in common when they come to me, it's not an age thing. It's not people are always in their 40s or, you know, sometimes they're in their early 20s. Sometimes I've had a client that's 72 that got married and it doesn't have anything to do with job title or education or anything like that. But usually I'm people's last resort. So they've tried everything before they come to me. And I think most people that come to a matchmaker are just ready. They're ready for something different. They want somebody to be with them through this dating journey. It can be brutal alone. So they're all really ready for a long-term monogamous relationship, whatever that means to them. It could be marriage or it could be, they might not even live in the same home, but this is their forever person. So they're all in that place of, I've done everything else. This is it. I really want a chance at love. So I would say they all have that in common. And when they come to you, I can totally see where maybe they're the last of their friends Mm -hmm. to get that ring. Or I guess better way to say it, all of their friends, maybe they were in college with, they've got the ring and they're married. Maybe they started having kids and they start to look around and think, oh, it's just me left. And I have heard from a few people, it's hard for those folks to talk to their friends and maybe complain. I would think you could be isolated pretty easily until you meet someone like yourself who can Well, I've seen it and heard it all. So even though, and people say this all the time when they, you've never heard a story like mine. (laughs) And maybe not, maybe the details are unique, but somebody has been through it. I promise you, you're not alone. You're not damaged. There is someone out there. And I think it's important to share your experience so you can, can move on past it. When people do come to you and say, hey, Addy, you're my last resort, or I've feel like I've tried everything. What are their typical frustrations? What have they gone through? What have they tried and failed? And is there any commonality? Oh, sure. Usually I've noticed and there's four behavioral patterns with people. Some common complaints would be they see the same person on every dating website. It's the same four or five people over and over again that are popping up and they're not really interested in them. I've had people say that potential dates are after their money. Potential dates are only after the physical. Mm -hmm. They only want intimacy and nothing else. I've had a lot of people say that the caliber of person that they're meeting 
either online dating or through friends. It's just not what they want it to be. Okay. That's kind of a harsh way to say that. But yeah. those are the common complaints that you get. Or there's these people thrown in that are deceptive or have drug and alcohol abuse issues. You know, there's all these triggering things that they've dealt with through dating through friends and online dating. And they come to you to act as a filter? Totally. Yeah. And typically somebody that's going to do a background check and an interview with a matchmaker, <laughs> then they pay for their background that's right. check. It that gets rid of the thing. riffraff. Tell me yeah. about the background check. Was that one of the first things that you started doing? Always from the beginning. Okay. I knew because I feel like I have a good read of people most of the time, but it's not foolproof. And I've interviewed people and had no idea that they were horrible. And gotten oh. their background checked back and was completely blown away. Wow. It, to the point, maybe you called them up and said, hey, did I get your middle name right <laughs> with this? Because one I just was, need to make sure. One was a former police officer. And he said it was so political and had become something that he didn't love anymore. And so he always wanted to own his own business. And I believed him. And I did tell him that I did a background check. He paid me right there after I did his interview, went home a couple days later, got the background check back. And it was some of the most atrocious things you've ever seen. Abuse of a certain kind with boys. And wow. I, I called him and I said, I don't know why you would do this. I told you I was going to do a background check. Yeah. I just can't set a woman up with this whole situation. Yeah. You know, I tore up your check. And he said, well, I'm going to go to Christian Mingle where they don't judge people. Oh, boy. <laughs> so that just tells oh, yeah. what can be on those sides. Wow. But because it is the Wild West out there. It with, is. You can those. create a completely new persona, but not everyone's like that. So it's either someone very deceptive that can curate this whole profile that is not them, or it's people that just are not in reality. They're good people. <laughs> right. They'll describe themselves as hysterical and charming and successful. And you go out with them and they're very introverted and strange. And it's not that they're bad and it's not that they're trying to trick you. It's just that they don't see themselves the way that the world does. So it's hard yeah. to describe yourself when you're in that state. That is fascinating because it seems like it would take a ton of energy to project something it's that exhausting. is not you and then try to go live up to it it's one exhausting. date at a time. It never works out. It, 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 the cracks start happening usually around the three-month mark. And I've read that, actually. Yeah, people can put up a front for about 90 days. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Now, when it comes to people who have been in a pretty long-term relationship five years, 10 years, maybe they were married for 20 years and all the dust has settled on the separations. Everybody's back to neutral, but they start to feel that little tug of being lonely and they want someone to share life's adventure with. So they turn to you. I would imagine there's some point where they look at you and say, oh my gosh, just things are so different than oh, sure. when I was dating you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. What are the biggest differences? And even when you became a matchmaker over a decade ago, yes. it was really different. Just social dynamics, technology, totally. all of it. What have you seen change and has it changed for the better or has it changed for the more challenging? I feel life is beautiful and that people are wonderful and inherently kind and good. I will say the biggest thing, and I hate blaming COVID. I really do. I don't think any one thing can just you know, magically change people, but it did isolate people and it changed the social dynamic. Things that I do now, I've never had to do before in trying to get someone out on a date. 
They're very protective over their time. I don't want to go out and meet them if I don't know if I'm attracted to them or not. I'm like, well, you're not going to know <laughs> unless you go. Yeah. And it's also very selfish. I just watched this documentary on Netflix. Jonah Hill's therapist. Have you seen that yet? I haven't. There's like a, a pyramid of when you're doing your best. And I think the second layer to that pyramid is giving someone else your time. It could just be a friend that mm -hmm. you donate a little time to. Mm -hmm. And if you can't spend an hour getting to know a stranger, then you don't need to date. And right. sometimes I have to do a song and dance to get people out on a date, whereas I never had to before. Wow. So that You're is, asking them to do the thing that they are paying you to because help them do. It's not a sure thing. They're on the fence about them. Okay, I've got a, I've got a question about that. Yes. And do you find that there's a certain age group associated with that attitude? No, it's no. all over the board. And you think COVID brought that about? It's definitely heightened it for sure. Okay. Like I've had people make complaints about a picture or something, you know, he looks too much like this and making assumptions on a photo. But yeah. this is to the point where... It's ridiculous. You do have to be there in person. I mean, I've been a photographer for 30 years. Nothing about a photo is real. I mean, no. seriously, well, the way before some... filters or way before all this stuff. I mean, think about back in the 80s ads where they wanted to show like a before and after and the before, the not so great thing. They put it in bad lighting. They put it in black and white. Right. Those weren't filters. That was just camera tricks. Right. And then I see this a lot in makeup ads where they do the before oh, and after. Oh, they look like they're wearing a mask. It's and so they different. Just, yeah, it's crazy because they just put them in bad light. I saw one last week. It was for teeth whitening and they had a before on the left and the person had really yellow teeth and then they put one on the right. The person had beautiful, sparkly smile. Well, if you really looked at the person, same person, right? Mm -hmm. But if you really looked at the one on the left, their skin was super yellow too. Like the whole picture was yellow. <laughs> and on the right, there wasn't all the yellow in their skin and all, everything else. I don't know that their teeth maybe even changed very much, but the picture was different. Even if it's a wonderful picture, the person looks amazing. You got to make sure they smell great and oh my gosh. carry themselves There's so well. Much. And I have a real issue with you not being able to find something attractive in another person. Nothing about them was attractive when you met them. You've got to be kidding me. And the only way to know that is to meet them. And just think of it this way. It's good for you to do that and to not make it about yourself and go, I'm going to really try to get to know this person and I'm going to be a great time for them. And that's it. That's That should be your goal. And then if a second date happens out of that because you two hit it off, then. Right. That's when you start to get picky, right? On that Tell second me. date. Yeah. Get picky yeah. on the second date. Then, you know, pickier right. as you go. That leads me to my next question, which is what do you suggest for people for venue for that first meeting because I have read a couple of books from authors. They're both guys, mm -hmm. but they say doing a coffee date, doing a lunch date, doing something really non-committal sounds great mm -hmm. until you realize that it's a really quick way to get into the friend zone and destroy things before I, it happens. I know that you guys think that's it, but it's so <laughs> true. Whoever wrote that is 100% correct. I have never, I think maybe once one of those has worked out in 10 years. Okay. And it's not as much it being casual. Okay. It's okay to be casual. You can just go to have a glass of wine or a tea or coffee or whatever. That's okay. It's just in the evening is better. Right. Something about the evening, it's more intimate. You know, there's more of a possibility for romance. And I know it sounds silly, but the, you know, the data doesn't lie. <laughs> it's really true. 
That's really good that that's been confirmed because there's another author who I read his book. He said the same exact thing. But in my personal experience, I had someone say, hey, let's go grab coffee. Let's go grab coffee. And finally, I just had to say to her, look, I reserve coffee and lunch to develop my business relationships, my platonic relationships. And those work great because, you know, those are a little more surface level. 30 minutes of talking, it starts to kick in the back of our minds. Okay, I've got other responsibilities I have to attend to today. I've still got work stuff to go on. And, oh, yeah, by the way, i got to pick my kid up from school. And so, yeah, let's wrap this up. We do pick up on frequencies. I don't care if people believe it or not. You can tell what kind of mood someone's in. You can pick up on it without them saying a word. When you're meeting in the middle of, you know, the rush hour and people, like you said, having business meetings and lunch with friends, I mean, you can feel it. Yeah. And yeah, I totally agree. Let's talk about dating websites. I'm going to start with a word association (laughs) and you just fill in the blank from there. We may edit this out later. I don't know, but I'll say shit show and you say... Tender. (laughs) (laughs) You mean like that? No, I just, I'll start with the whole thing feels that way. And Mm -hmm. I do remember when we first talked months and months ago, we were talking about how a matchmaker like yourself navigates in a world full of pulling out your phone and you've got access to dozens of these. Now, it sounds like just from the first couple of things we talked about, some of those apps are so overwhelming to people that they just need a trusted guide like yourself. Yes. And a lot of people that I work for don't want to put their face out there for the world to see. Mm. With a matchmaker, you have anonymity. Yeah. Where With these dating sites, not only are you putting your picture out there, but it's very vulnerable. I'm proud of you for being vulnerable, but it's also, it can be embarrassing. Mm. I had a horrible experience myself trying online dating when I was young. When I've tried it once or twice, I do bump into people who I know. And I was like, oh, they're single now. Okay. Last time I saw them, they were happily married. That's cool. So, yeah, you start to get a little different picture of yourself Mm -hmm. and what you're willing to put out there. And what are some of the worst dating app, you know, types of stories? Not specific stories, but is it people getting catfished? Is it people just getting completely ghosted, getting stood up? I think the most common complaint would be people not giving someone a chance because of the age that they have. Mm. That can be like a common thing where she's gorgeous, but because she put her truthful age down, they filter it out. Guys will only want to see 30 to 50 year olds. So she's 53 and doesn't get, never even pops up on their feet. So a lot of people complain about just getting lost completely based yeah. on... You what know, group is getting lost right now, would you say? Oh, I think 50s and 60s is tough. I mean, yeah. 70s is just like non-existent. I, you right. know, it's really hard. I think Our Time is a great dating website, but I've had complaints from clients that there's a lot of scams on there. They give Ooh, you these see that. Yeah. sob stories, these older ladies. They even meet these guys, but then they'll call and my power is going to get cut off. I need you to pay my power bill. Whoa. So I would say people getting lost kind of in the algorithm kind of thing of online dating based on age. Another big thing is what we've already talked about, which is our filters and outdated photos and the frustration and anger and just disappointment that a guy or girl feels when they show up and you your pictures from 20 years ago. (laughs) And also, what was the end game? Yeah. You know, 
I mean, what do you think I, was going to happen here? A lot of the, it happens to mostly men that I hear from. The women are the ones doctoring their photos or it's a really old photo. Mm. And I've had men actually say to the women, I don't want to hurt you. And I'm not interested in dating you because you don't look anything like your photo. Why do you do it to yourself? You know? Wow. So that's a big one that happens wow. with online dating. So scams, age things, filters, and outdated photos. I have to know what's with all the pictures of people holding up fish. <laughs> it's not specific to men or women because I started screenshotting this. I'm fun. I'm outdoorsy. Look, I can hang with the boys. Hold up a rock or a, <laughs> it's, a leaf. It's not the same, James. <laughs> <laughs> I also think it's very monkey see, monkey do. I think that's kind of how trends start. In general. Yeah. And this fish thing has been going on for years. Has it really? Oh, my God. Another thing is the sunglasses thing. Not only are they have, do they have a fish in their yeah. profile picture, but they also have sunglasses. Oh, you can't see their face. I, I, mean, it's, I immediately have to X anything mm -hmm. with sunglasses because as a photographer, I know you take those sunglasses. Everyone in, during COVID learned the opposite of this, right? Mm -hmm. You yeah. saw You saw everyone's <laughs> eyes. And then I remember... I was going to this one place during COVID and of course I had never seen these people before and I kept going back and we all had masks on. And then by the time the mask stuff got relaxed and I saw their actual face, I was like, huh, I never imagined that nose for you. And now I'm a little uncomfortable. And so I'll never <laughs> see you the same again. I wondered if for the men, if holding up a fish or whatever they do, is it like I'll provide? And then with the women, it's like, whatever you catch, I'll cook it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's literally, nuts. I mean, I've asked point blank because one time a guy sent me, I, I usually ask for three, at least one body shot in there, but try to give me three photos. And every one of them had a fish in them. And I said, what is up with that? And that's what he said. I'm fun. I'm, I'm outdoorsy. I'm just trying to know. That's fun. Okay, now you know. Stinky. America. Yeah, fish. I could think of a thousand fun things. To hold in a picture. That would not be a fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a definitely, fad, I guess. Definitely could. Now, I remember because you post, anybody who's interested in that, you've got to go to Addie's Instagram or your Facebook because mm -hmm. you post a lot. Yeah. And I really appreciate that because I look at it and say, oh, that makes perfect sense. I wouldn't have thought about that. But I remember one time you posted and it just made me shake my head and kind of laugh, but also wonder, you must get asked to do some weird stuff that you have to turn down. But you had this guy contact you and he wanted you to find his next sugar baby. Oh, yeah. You got to tell that story because that and whatever else people ask you to do that you have to politely decline. Yeah, they all kind of start out the same, you know. I just can't find any women out there that want to be taken care of. And then, you know, that's always a curious way to say that you're looking for a girlfriend. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then he just starts talking about all the things that he has and all the things he does and the lifestyle that he has and what he wants to provide for. I want her to spend all day at the tennis club. And then it's, you know, can't you get me a 21-year-old or a 22-year-old girl that would be interested in this? And I like think, they're ordering from a menu. Yeah, but there are sites out there for that. I yeah. think people get confused when they hear matchmaker. Some people think they're either like like a palm reader, like I'm, like, <laughs> like I'm some sort of fortune teller, or yeah. a, an escort service, and it's neither. Yeah, know? yeah. So that has happened over the years. And I've had people sign up and really shock me. That's why I go over in the interview before I ever walk away. I'll show them pictures, people that I like for them. 
before I ever walk away because who would think that a 65-year-old man would only be attracted to 25 to 30-year-olds? But it's out there, yeah. you know, but wow. it's just not what I do exactly. Right. That's an interesting point you brought up because I don't watch the news very much and I don't keep up with what's going on in the world, especially mm -hmm. in the world of celebrities. But I was traveling about three weeks ago and get exposed to TVs in the airport and all these things. So I see a little bit of news and People were losing their minds about Leonardo DiCaprio. I had to look up his age. Oh, yeah. He's 48. Yeah. And he's dating a 19-year-old. Is that still okay? Is that? Yeah. Like, I mean. That's still like I a just, thing people do? I don't really have any judgment about people that do that because that works for them. I guess you could say she's an adult. I learned the other day that women's brains aren't fully formed until they're 26. So it's debatable. Oh, God, debatable. that must put men up to... <laughs> well in their mid-30s. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like 30 maybe, I don't remember, for yeah. men. But if so that, it's, you know, and I remember where I was at 19. So it would be tough to say that's a great choice, but it was <laughs> ultimately her choice. I think it's very clear what that relationship's going to be. He's not proposing. He's not trying to have babies. They're both very clear when they enter into it. So I don't have an issue with it. It's just as a matchmaker, there is no way I would ever set those two up. But it's repeat business, Addie. Oh, you, that's true. <laughs> I mean, come on. I know. It's like, you don't, I I'm going to set like you up with this guy who never yeah. wants to get married or have kids. I know you're not even quite that age yet, but come back to me in six yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, I don't have an assembly line of people that <laughs> want to do that. But Yeah, but I mean, I would never do it. I would never set someone up with that, like that. But if they want to, that's... Yeah, that's their thing. So... This whole podcast is called A Joyful Rebellion because, as I was telling you earlier, it's about that time in people's lives where they've worked hard to build a successful life. And whatever success looked like to them or what they thought it was going to look like, whether that's a happy family, whether that's a career, whether that's having a boat and a cooler and enough money to fill it up every weekend and just relax. It looks different for everyone, but the joyful rebellion part is when people do work for that success and then they look around and realize it doesn't fill them up. Right. Then the whole question that the podcast hopes to answer someday is, well, what do you do next? I like what you said, it doesn't fill them up because mm. I say that all the time. No one thing will. And that's point two about a relationship. Everybody wants 10 to 15 things in a match, but that's really hard. That would oh, be yeah. very hard for one person to fill you up. I was just going to ask, sometimes the joyful rebellion that a person has is to get out of a relationship mm -hmm. that doesn't fill them up. So when you start working with people like that, what are some of the first conversations that you have? Because obviously they weren't happy in their former situation. They learned a lot. Mm -hmm. They grew. Mm -hmm. Maybe their partner didn't, and maybe that's why they're talking to you. They're looking for someone. So how do you start the process of guiding them to where they want to be? The very first step is to really evaluate how they spend their time and what values they live by. And when I say values, I mean, are they a person of integrity? Is that very important to them? Are they security focused? Is their financial state really important to them? Does it drive them? Are they family oriented? I mean, we get very specific because that relationship ended, but it started when they were probably a much different person. Right. So yep. when we discuss what were the qualities of your match before, of your partner before, and when I say what 
drew you to that person? They're like, I don't know. I was a completely different person back then. Right. So these were the things that I liked about her. She was just in a phase of her life where that's who she was. And so we establish who they are now because Mm. a lot of people feel disoriented when they've left a relationship and they want love and they know what they're physically attracted to, but it's not always long term. So we discuss values and then goals where they want to be in their life. And really the basic things about religion and politics and that thing. But the very first thing that we start out with when they have just come out of this relationship that was long-term are our values. How do they live? Because opposites do attract chemistry-wise, but value-wise they do not. If you have somebody with a completely different set of rules that they live their life by, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, that's an interesting time of life to start. But that's what this whole podcast is about, is the fact that you can start Mm -hmm. over. You can start again. You can reinvent yourself as many times as you want to or need to just you just have to want it yeah i can't drag the boat anchor for you you know what i mean (laughs) that brings me to this when you do get people who come to you you're a matchmaker but you're a relationship coach Mm -hmm. so you can set them up and then they can tell you everything that happened and then you can help them understand maybe what they did right yeah what they did wrong is there a particular piece of advice you find yourself giving people a lot and over and over and they say yeah Addie, i got it that's cool i got that on lockdown and then they come back and they explain to you the situation you say hey remember when i told you and you ignored it (laughs) what would fill in that blank oh gosh assumptions the assumptions that people make and it's a human thing it's not a man or woman thing it doesn't matter what age you are your brain it's set up to assess threats. So when you just first meet someone, you don't know them very well. So you don't know, oh, that was just a silly comment that he made. Do you have a quick trigger finger on a date? So somebody will say something like, yeah, my ex and I get along really great. Heck, we even have Thanksgiving dinner with the kids together. And what their goal was on the date was to basically say, you're entering into a very healthy environment. You don't have to worry about my ex being crazy and us having issues. No baby mama drama. What they took home to me was he's still in love with his ex. He's (laughs) not ready for a relationship. And it's every day, James. I mean, and that's just one example. But like I said, it's a man-woman thing. It's an all-age group thing. It's assumptions. You cannot know whether what you just thought about that person is the truth. And if you can stop yourself, unless it's something really outside of your values, like way outside of, if he said something like, yeah, I curse God every day, or something, you know what I mean? And if you're a Christian, but if you're just looking for things in conversation to protect yourself, you're going to make up assumptions, which are ultimately lies about that person. You're missing out on somebody really beautiful. Yeah. And if you want to really throw gasoline on that fire, start texting back and forth. Oh, yeah. Where you can't hear the tone. Yeah, the tone. You, nothing. Oh, God. Yeah. Sense. I stopped letting people exchange numbers before the first date because they would think, I already know who this person yeah, is. Let's I'm not going to waste my time. Right. And then depending on the day you're having, you'll read either the text in a happy voice or a not so happy (laughs) voice and you haven't even met this person yet. Yeah. And some people are just terrible at texting. If you can stop yourself and say, you know, say you say something to me, oh, that's an attractive girl. And then I'll think we don't look alike. So he doesn't find me attractive. He thinks I'm fat. He's, (laughs) I mean, these are the things that happen. If you can stop yourself and say, is that true? Mm. You repeat the statement, just one statement at a time. Don't try to stack a bunch of feelings that you're having. Just one statement at a time. Is that true? 
And if you say yes, how do you know it's true? And mm-hmm. you don't. You haven't asked him. Just enjoy your time. Enjoy the little moments that you have. Try to find something attractive in that person. But the assumptions can kill a first date. It can kill a one-year relationship. That's true. Yeah. I've lived that life. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Is there a magic number you found that I know there's no magic bullets? There's mm-hmm. no magic. Man, hopefully there's magic. <laughs> there's magic in all of this stuff. But when it comes to a number, you set people up on mm-hmm. dates. You know enough about them and about the person they're going out with right. to get things kicked off in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Is there kind of like a magic number of dates before they would know? If they want to move into something a little more exclusive? You know, it can be as quick as date one where they're both just really excited. Just just roll up on up into Vegas and lock it down. Yeah, (laughs) once a month I'll have a client sign up and it'll be date number one and then they're done, you know. But I think statistically it's around date three Mm. when they know. Where they're just like, yeah, I'm done seeing other people. And that's kind of tricky because for it to really work, they have to both know. Yes. Yeah. But it happens. There's yeah. just something. And I'll tell you what, if they both show up in the same state, they're excited, they're ready to spend time. There's always a connection. There's always that possibility of this could be it for me. When one's not sure and the other one's excited, they never connect. And I wish I could say it's my skill as a matchmaker, why I've had success in setting people up. But I, sometimes I think it's a God thing and a timing thing. I think it really, it's a lot of chance and a lot of, well, where's your head at? What state are you in before you are meeting people? Yeah. When you get this feedback, because that's the cool thing, you get to hear the feedback mm-hmm. from the date and you get to hear it from both. Yes. Of them, right. So. Which is crucial. Yeah. What do you do with that? Well, I always give it to the person. Okay. Now, I might leave out details. Okay. That was my next question. Like, how many? You know, he was disgusting. He picked his note. You know, the detail is that they don't need to know. Right. Typically, people don't believe me unless they've had the same feedback three times from three different people. Oh, like your cologne's too strong. Oh. Dial that back. Recently, I had a girl that really bright. She was kind of wound tight in her interview, but <laughs> very quickly loosened up. But mm. I'm not her date. Setting her up on dates, these men were very different, vastly different. You know, one's an analytical chemist, another one is a salesperson, and they all said the same thing each time. She was shut down. She was rude. She seemed irritated and like she didn't want to be there. These are exact words from three different men. Okay. And it took uh. three different times of her hearing it to go, Okay. And in that case, time to get some coaching. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just you're in your head. People are picking up on your behavior as being negative, quote unquote. You're not thinking clearly. You're in a state. You're all wound up in those assumptions. Self-preservation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Typically three times before somebody actually listens. This rolls us into what my next question was going to be. What are the three biggest complaints you most hear from women about men? You know, the ones that come up the most and then from men about the women they're dating. If there were three that you can just count on out of 100 people, it's going to be like 50, 60 percent. I get feedback a lot that men are not masculine enough. Okay. Which is funny because women have become so much more masculine. It's true. That it's, you know, you got to kind of make room for him to be able to do that. And so I do hear that for feedback. He he was not masculine enough. Another thing is, I don't think he's very serious. He doesn't Uh, seem 
like he really wants a relationship. He doesn't know where he is in life. He doesn't seem clear about what he wants. And then the third thing for men is probably not driven enough, not purposeful. So you don't have to make a ton of money, but I think you have to have some sort of drive. And that might go back to the masculinity thing. I'm not really sure if those are two different things or the same thing, but... One flows into the other for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's feedback that I get a lot. That's interesting. I've done a lot of reading books and I've done not research necessarily, but the generations that have been raised since the baby boomers, really baby boomers were the first generation that were predominantly raised by women. Mm -hmm. So where the men and the boys were raised by female school teachers, that was the generation that no longer went to work on the farm with their dads yes. if they were a boy because their dads now worked either at a factory or they worked at a, an office or something like that. And then, of course, there was the war in there that disrupted that where the women were left behind to deal with everything, right? So it was that generation that started the slide where men had to figure out how to keep all of the women around them happy yes. and they learn skills that maybe weren't quite so masculine yeah. to be able to cope with that. But I think you hit it on the head. It's one of those things that it's been slowly eroding over the last 70 years. Um, and you can't have both. You no. can't have both. You can't have. But on the flip side, women have been expected to take on more masculine roles in society. They Agreed. Yeah. But I will say, I love this fact, but Persona is the word in Latin for personality, mm -hmm. and persona means to wear a mask. Uh -huh. And so if you aren't changing your masks, depending on the situation that you're in, then you just, it, that's not very intelligent. You can get so much further. Mm -hmm. And if you want a man, if you want a masculine guy, then whatever you use to get through your day at work or with the children, you know, whatever, time to take it off. And I think it's not manipulative. It's just if that's what you want. If you want a really masculine, assertive, driven guy, then yeah. you got to give him a little room. But right. Now, did we talk about the feedback from men? From, to the for women? women? Yeah. Yeah. Men are so driven by looks. And that's not fair completely because women are as well. But I would say feedback that I get from men a lot about women are that these women don't look like their photos. Even if I've seen these women in person and they're very attractive women, very mm. beautiful, they still do look different than their photos. I realized the other day whenever I was doing a TikTok video that they put an automatic filter on oh. my videos. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't even know. Like, I thought you had to choose it. I was like, wow, I look really nice. And then I realized, oh, my God, they just automatically put a filter. So I think we're getting so accustomed to just doctoring our photos so much. And they don't realize that men yeah. notice. Yeah. And also a woman in a ponytail and running outfit looks like a totally different person when the makeup comes on. Oh, the for hair sure. comes down and the heels go on and you're like, wait. <laughs> a lot of men say that she wasn't very sweet. I think everybody wants a kind person. I'm not really sure how these women are expressing themselves on the date, but there's something. The kindness is not coming through on the date. So if women could work on that and just being very giving and open and just their sweet selves, maybe he wasn't attracted to you at first, but he will be now. I mean, that's yeah. a really key component. And women are looking for that too, but men really are looking for a sweet, kind person. I don't really know about the third thing that men say a lot about women. So it sounds that. like women have a lot more complaints oh about the gosh. guys than about oh, the women. tenfold, oh. for sure, for sure. I think men notice details. Like women yeah. think, oh, he doesn't notice this. Or he does. 
He's just not we just don't say it. anything yeah, about it. Yeah. It's very internal. So maybe these men are noticing things that are consistent on these dates, but they're just they're like that's probably just a me thing. I mean, they self edit a lot, mm. which is good and bad. It's great because they're not blaming another person for how they're perceiving them or, hey, that girl wasn't for me, but she can do her. You know, yeah. she can just be who she wants to be. It's not for me to critique. Do but, you yeah. find with your younger clients, you have a little harder time because maybe they don't have as much life experience. They haven't been around as many people. And so they're like, oh, I, I like them. And the relationship maybe goes on for a while until they realize this one thing was a non-negotiable. But I didn't realize that until yeah. we were a little ways down the road. I think because of the type of service that it is, it's kind of more on the serious side. Mm -hmm. I think you get very mature people. So even yeah. my younger clients, they have their stuff together, basically. Okay. So I have not experienced that with my younger clients, that they're really unsure. They're really excited and they know what they want. That's cool. Now, we've been talking this whole time about men dating women, dating men. There's a whole <laughs> another world out there Yes. that doesn't include that. There's a big community of people who want to find love and it's not women looking for men. Yeah, the LGBTQ+. I have had only two gay clients in 10 years. Mm -hmm. One that was a woman and one that was a man. They were both in happy relationships after we finished together. It was a success, but it was very hard. It's a different culture. And because I don't have a database of people, I just basically had to start from scratch. Mm. And if I had more of a database and had more gay people in my service, I think I would work for gay people more. I just don't have the people that I need to set them up. I did have two different people that were transgender that I'd interviewed. And I have a therapist that works for me, and he's very kind. And I'll call him from time to time and say, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what I should do. Hmm. So I had this unique person. She transitioned to be a male, but was only attracted to gay women. So more on the mascu masculine side, this is okay. what she wanted. Or no, it was a man that had transitioned to woman, but liked gay women. So it was just very confusing. And I told the therapist about it and he said, this is very tricky. Mm. And he said, I think the only way that you're going to be able to have a successful relationship for that person is if you find someone that has been through their exact journey. Oh, that they've transitioned, that this is what they're looking for, maybe then. Right. But it's just, it's really, it's complicated. And I feel for those folks, mm -hmm. I really do. Everyone should be able to make their own choices and live their life. And it's hard enough to find love as it is with all these extra layers. So I feel for them. But I think that would be the only way that I would be able to set someone up like that. I'd have to find someone with, that has been through the exact same journey. Yeah. And that also shares their values and that they're attracted to. So it's tough. I would imagine it would be that needle in a haystack kind of totally. situation. Totally. And it happens, you know. There, there are people that find love that have been through that. Yeah. I really appreciate this talk. We've got one more little lightning round thing coming up. I didn't give you these questions. Before we get into that, I want for you to tell people how they can connect with you to learn more about relationship coaching, to learn more about matchmaking, to really get a sense of what it is you can do for people. So I have a website. It's circleoflovecoaching.com and they can go there. I do have a TikTok and that is also Addie Sellers, Circle of Love Coaching. But you can reach out to me through my website. It has all of my contact information and the different packages that I offer. And you can always do a consultation. And sometimes people don't know what they need. So we do a consult so that we can talk about where they've been and where they want to go. 
I love what you do because even in these post-COVID years where people have realized we can do so much through technology, I can't get it off of my socials talking about all the great stuff with AI and the things that it's bringing, but people still want human connection. They want yes. to bond with someone. They want to feel special to another person. And you can't substitute that with technology. No. And so that's what we're here talking about. And that's it's what you help people do. Yeah. You know, if we were in another sure. pandemic and you needed to talk to friends and family or connect with someone or try to, you know, it's a band-aid. It's a form of communication, but it's nothing like face-to-face. -face. Yeah, for sure. Which is why I wanted to be here face-to-face -face with you. We are not on a date, obviously, because we're in the <laughs> middle of the afternoon at a coffee shop. So this is the least romantic, just if you take anything away. Yeah, we're friends now. Who knows story. what it could have been if you gone to dinner james it's, i know it, we would look pretty weird at dinner with all this podcast equipment though. <laughs> uh, you gotta admit again thank you so much and i've got just four little questions here for you and we're just going to do rapid fire first thing that comes into your mind but what is your biggest pet peeve about anything in life oh i think really just ill manners you know if you if you're not aware that you're being rude to someone or just lack of awareness mm. is a pet peeve of mine what are you binging on Netflix right now? Ooh. Oh, I don't know if it's Netflix, but I just... Or what are you binging um, right now? Mayor, what are you binge watching? Mayor of Kingstown. Mayor of Kingstown. Yeah. What's that about? It's just, it takes you to a whole nother world. It's violent and awful and... That's <laughs> <laughs> how you decompress at night. All right. Are you team Fruity Pebbles or team Cocoa Puffs? Fruity Pebbles all the way. I like it. You get that rainbow milk at the end. It's good <laughs> stuff. What is the best advice you've ever received from someone? I think it was something like, basically, when you stop setting goals and stop striving for something, you're dead. Mm. So just like what you were saying before, where you think you've managed to get success and you're still not filled up, it's because you should never reach your pinnacle. You should mm. always be trying to reach for higher things or even just asking, you know, God to take you places where your imagination can't go yet. You know, just being really open. That was yeah. some really good advice that I got. That is great advice. That's really good. Thank you so much for sharing everything today. I really Pleasure. appreciate the conversation. And I can't wait to follow up with you in maybe a year or so. And let's see what's different out there in the world of dating. Sold or my business and living in the Bahamas. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> I definitely would want to hear about that. Thank you again and talk to you soon. Thank you, James. Thank you so much for joining me today and be sure to come back next week. Oh, and can I ask a favor? I love connecting with people who have either led their own joyful rebellion or professionals who help others through that journey. So if you know someone like that, there's a big yellow button on the homepage at ajoyfulrebellion.com. I'd really appreciate you reaching out with a suggestion or introduction. Thanks again, and I'll see you back here next week.